Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer, and spooky season takes maybe my favorite stop so far. Mike is here. Hello, Mike. How's it going, man? It's funny because I feel like when you're on for our spooky season episodes, I'm just having you rank something. Yeah, I've noticed that. I thought about that earlier today, actually. Yeah, well, you suggested when we did Leprechaun, which doesn't really count. That's kind of outside of the spooky season realm, but it still kind of fits the bill. And mm-hmm. then we had you on for Alien, because you're a huge fan of that franchise. Yep. Then I was like, let's just tack on Predator. And I still apologize yep. for that one, because those kind of get... Besides, like, Prey, they're a little... Prey was so good. They're making, a, I will tell everybody, making a physical release for that comes out in October. That's awesome. We are now covering our third horror franchise, and it's one that I always say is probably the most consistent of the horror franchises. Like, there really isn't a bad Evil Dead movie, I feel like, in my opinion. And I would completely agree with you. The rankings, I will say, listener, uh, reflect that. The average for the Evil Dead franchise, there are five movies. We just got a brand new one this year, uh, is a 75.83%. We aren't covering Ash versus the Evil Dead, the TV show, because um, it's a movie podcast. Also, it's just kind of weird to rank. I remember when I was a kid, the first time I ever heard of Evil Dead was there was a YouTube video set to uh, Flagpole Sieta. I think it's how you say the f- song. Um, oh, okay. And I it was like Sita. I, yeah, I don't. It, it's flagpole, yeah, yeah. a, a S letter word, and then it was that song played over clips from Evil Dead Two. What? Yeah, I don't it was know. The, uh, it was the it was the line cut off my arm. Now I'm a goddamn amputee. Or yeah. no, now I'm an amputee. Goddamn you. Yeah, but it, so like maybe that was the only connection they had, and maybe that is a reference to Evil Dead. But it was. I remember watching that clip, and I was like, man, this movie looks awesome. And then. My friends and I uh, watched Evil Dead, but it was the first one, and we were like, mm-hmm. okay, this is actually scary. We were expecting, like, slapsticky goofiness, and we are like, oh, this one kind of scares From the first bit. one? Yeah, The Evil Dead from 81 or yep. 82 or 83, depending on how you have seen the release. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we ended up watching Evil Dead 2, and then it's like, oh, this is... As a, as a kid, you're like, this is my guy. Bruce Campbell is, as Ash Williams, is just going ham in that movie. But that was like my first memories. What was your first memories of Evil Dead? Uh, mine was watching the first one with my dad. Um, my dad was really big into watching like cult movies. So like Blue Velvet or Fargo. Um, and Evil Dead kind of came in there at some point. I don't really remember when. But, yeah, just kind of watching that, you know, shoestring, you know, horror movie that ended up kind of defining, um, you know, kind of the entire genre moving forward. Yeah, because I I feel like this is creating the cabin in the woods type movie. Yeah, this one, I mean, it's based off of some Lovecraftian like stories, but it is definitely the like the the cabin in the wood because like Friday the 13th isn't really a cabin in the wood style story um mm-hmm. but that kind of sparks the like the slasher craze like halloween does it as well this kind of takes that and takes it the splatter route i mean the first one's more supernatural but the second one 
is maybe also a pillar of comedy. Like it kind of is the, I think when people talk about like comedic horror films, this is maybe like evil dead two is like the one, but then it also has so many sticks to still being horror. Yeah. And that's, what's great about it is you have, I think people think like you have to be exclusively one or the other. Um, and what's cool is that this franchise does that on two different sides. Like we have movies that are just straight horror. And then we have ones that are just as goofy as you fucking could expect. And Mm -hmm. I love that there's heart and soul in every single one of these, which is awesome. It's from Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and that collective there that has had their hands in the cookie jar for this entire franchise. I have a soft spot for when a creator can literally just look at something and we can see many different iterations and then just always have some sort of like finger on the pulse. Like, Oh yeah, this is what, uh, this is what this one should be. I know it still has the heart and soul of evil dead. And okay, now we're going to do Ash versus evil dead. Like, I know now we're going to build this and like always has something involved to where their little project can be grown to this. Like you said, I mean, it's like a cult classic. I think now it's just considered a classic. I feel like at this point, I think the, oh, yeah. the mid two thousands and the internet kind of made it go from just being like this, like, Oh, remember the skeleton on the box to uh, the VHS box now being like this staple in people's lexicon. Mm-hmm. So I will say, if you haven't listened to our episode in the past, um, Liz and I, on the first ever Spooky Season episode, covered The Evil Dead. Uh, And so, hilarious enough, yes, I am not, you know, immune to simplicities. I listened to my own episode and got some more notes from it. So there you go. So that just shows how researched I was. I went back and listened to my own things. But for The Evil Dead, um, it is the creation of Sam Raimi alongside Bruce Campbell. They went to school together. They've been childhood friends from Michigan. Shout out to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally started as Within the Woods, a 1978 short film that they were doing when they were students at MSU. Uh, and yeah, inspired by Lovecraftian book uh, stories, the Necronomicon is the main thing, I guess. How how do you best describe Evil Dead to someone who's never seen it? Like, what do you what do you say? Because I'm like, I tried to describe the monsters and the deadites yeah. to people and it's like i always just say it's uh undead creatures who want to just destroy the human body and like move forward and take them over yeah take them over and just and it's and basically just, just rip them apart i guess because like every single person who becomes a deadite just is like always destroying the body that they're in i would agree with that it, it kind of they just i don't know yeah they want to come after everybody who's around and kind of destroy humanity in a way yeah i guess that's i mean and i wonder if you know because there are lots of comics there are lots of stories about it. i mean the the craziest thing about this franchise is this character ash ash williams who is one of the greatest horror characters of all time there are four different games there's released a new one um there's the tv show like i mentioned and then there are so many freaking comic books did you realize all the people and things that he's involved with in dark horse comics i actually did not okay so Hmm. just to kind of tangentially thing here here are all of the um ip or people that he has had interactions with marvel zombies freddy krueger jason Voorhees, xena the warrior princess dracula dark man which is another one of sam raimi's creations uh and yeah just president barack obama (laughs) thanks obama yeah like he has been a staple within uh, like the horror genre, and he's kind of been like this connective tissue 
that has kind of I feel like freeformedly just gone and just jumped into random things. Uh, people like Edgar Wright and Peter Jackson who were inspired by Sam Raimi. Uh, you also have this little love with Wes Craven who uh, like in the first Evil Dead, there's a Hills Have Eyes poster on the wall. And then in mm-hmm. one of the Nightmare uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets, uh, they're watching uh, Evil Dead. And so in turn, in the second Evil Dead movie, there uh, are Freddy Krueger gloves uh, list like in the scenes multiple times and so like mm-hmm. there's like this fun little like love letter to horror and everybody kind of just looks at it and says like honoring horror and building upon horror and then there's just like this this pinnacle that everybody keeps coming back to say oh yeah this inspired me like tucker and dale versus evil uh cabin in the woods like you mentioned Shaun of the dead um You're just naming all of the splat stick movies right and that's I mean, which but, is the genre that was created by evil dead 2 right which is so funny because the only reason why it was created and we'll talk about this when we get to it and i promise listener we're gonna get to the rankings is because the the first evil dead movie uh was brought up on obscenity charges and was considered a video nasty in england uh because of its blood gore and obscene or insane and obscene uh just graphic content so that's why it's funny and they changed it being comedic and they show you that it's more the blood is green and it's not red and you're not seeing the kills you're seeing them in shadow uh didn't matter it still got caught up as a video nasty and it was like well we tried (laughs) sam had always made uh comedic movies uh with um his co-writer scott spiegel like, why don't mm-hmm. we kind of focus more on the comedic aspects, looking at Three Stooges, looking at that slapstick. And you can see that with uh, the way Bruce is just throwing his body everywhere. I mean, one of the yeah. best physical actors, I think, maybe of all time, he just commits in these movies. He's there. He's up there. I mean, there's the scene where it really feels like it's the scene from, like, Liar Liar. Where he's like, I'm kicking my own ass. I mean, I think you were kind of getting into it with... Uh how you went from a very serious, visceral kind of horror movie from the first one to kind of redoing the movie, almost. I mean, I don't even feel that it's necessarily a sequel as so much it's almost his own remake and reimagining of the first one. Yeah, but you you know why they had to do that, because they literally couldn't get the rights to their own film. Think about that, listener, because I mean... What happened was is that it got distributed everywhere, and so the rights were sold to multiple different areas so it could be distributed across the, the globe. But the problem is is when you have to use like footage, you have to go through and get – you went, a lot of times when filmmakers don't own the rights to their films, they have to go to the studios to get permission. Even though they made it, it's mm-hmm. still owned by the studio. The problem is there were so many hands, as I mentioned this pun earlier, in the cookie jar that they couldn't get everybody's permission. So they're like, fuck it. We're just going to redo it. And so that's why, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie is just a redo? Yeah, it is. Except for they it's got just, rid of three a, characters. It's a, it's They're a like, new setup. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense because they wanted to tell a different story. And, yeah, I mean, Bruce was like, how do you tell the story again of more people coming to the cabin? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense to be like, oh, yeah, they're back. And, I mean, if the first one, spoiler alert, listener – it's kind of presumed that Ash dies. Yeah. Like, so 
it just feels so like I guess you have to just redo it and it, they do and it works and that's what spawns this entire film series. I mean, it's made over $300 million in the box office. The originals really didn't do much in the box office, rather those cult movies. Uh, the biggest mm-hmm. contributor is this newest one, Evil Dead Rise, $147 million in the box office. Uh, kind of kick-started the Evil Dead uh, franchise again, and we're going to probably get some more. We might be getting more I Ash really Williams. So. Yeah, I'm ready. I hope we get more. I love this franchise. It's, it, again, I, like I said, it's consistently what one that I will say is near the top of, like, always produces a banger. Yeah. I mean, yeah, none of these movies are bad. No. Even the ones that people kind of, you know are very critical about i like i think there's still a solid movie if it was on its own i think it would have been received much better yeah i mean i think halloween 3 is my example of movies that strayed away from the original characters original story and people got mad about it same thing with like jason Mm -hmm. x does that same like there there are franchises that kind of in a sense go away from what they were and the biggest one being like, okay, Army of Darkness comes out and it is a medieval horror comedy. And comedy with a capital C horror is definitely second. Um, I horror, what horror? Exactly. Yeah, it is like a, it is a, one. It is a crime that that movie's not called Medieval Dead. Like, let's just get that out of the way right now. That was mm-hmm. an awesome name, um, and it would make these all make more sense. But then you have a remake in or reboot or whatever you want to say. Uh, by Fide uh, Alvarez uh, in 2013. That is, like you said, basically they retell the story, but then you have notes where people will say, uh, and uh, Fede said this, where he's like, uh, it's actually just 30 years later, same cabin, same book, same universe. It's just that the the book can kind of re- like It's kind of like history repeating itself. The book can yep. kind of encourage events that are happening but like other horror franchises if you got rid of the main character and rebooted it a lot of people would hate it yeah they would and they did it twice and both are critically well received mm-hmm. so. i mean i think that you're talking evil dead rises the other reboot um yeah both because talking about both because evil dead comes out yeah. in 2013 and it is a reboot ash is only in the end yeah. credit scene where he just says groovy for some reason and then they go to – I mean they were going to make another one. Ash versus Evil Dead comes out instead. And then, yeah, they redo yep. it with this Evil Dead Rise and a completely different telling of the story. Yeah, they, they turned it on its head. They went away from the cabin in the woods and friends type thing to an apartment building. And, and it, you know, it, it fucking rules. I love that movie. It does. And I literally just watched it and finished it, what? 10 minutes ago yeah i did spoil the big ending but it's fine still like 30 still, seconds away you know what i did i did did it change anything were you like no oh i no, guess it was still awesome. yeah it was still awesome yeah so <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say about these before we dive into these movies like anything about the production of these or the start of them or anything that you want to say about evil dead I mean, we get into them uh, and talk about that stuff when we're talking about them. Sure. Yeah. So as I mentioned, listener, 75.83% average. I haven't done one of these in a while, but the way that we look at these, we have six review sites that we look at or six review sources. We have IMDb. We have Rotten Tomato, both for critic and fan. We have Metacritic, critic, 
Metacritic fan, and the amount of Google users who like the film. When you look it up on Google, you will see like a little percentage, like a thumbs up, thumbs down. Please vote on those when you go on Google. It's the easiest way to kind of spread your review. But I look at all those, I do the math on those, add them together, do an average, divide it by six, and that's how we rank these movies. Now, there are five films here, Mike. Uh, I usually ask you to give me the top three and then the worst. That would pretty much predict them all. So if you want to give me what you think number one is, and if you want to give me what you think number five is, that's going to be the best way to do it. So number one, I think, is going to end up being Evil Dead 2. Okay. And the last one, the one in last, I think it's just going to end up being the 2013 Evil Dead. Any particular reason as to why you feel this way for both of those? It's not my own personal opinion. Eh, I haven't really thought about that too hard for myself. But I think that just because it was the first remake done outside of Sam Raimi's direct, um, you know, helming of the ship that people wanted to criticize it more and they're not going to look at it the same as they have the other ones. And I think Evil Dead Rise will be just above that because it was a little bit more of a fresh take. And why do you think Evil Dead 2 is number one? I think because it spreads the um, comedic sense that it's really well known for... um, with the horror of the first one, those visceral effects, I, I think that's what's going to put it over the top. All right. Your number five spot with a 68% average. It is the lowest in IMDb, Rotten Tomato Critic, Rotten Tomato Fan, and Metacritic Critic. It is 2013's Evil Dead. And I think that 68% is too low for this fucking gore fest and i mean that in the best way the gore is so good it's it is some of the best gore i've ever seen dude like okay i also wanted to say we were gonna pick like the best line and the best gore um from each movie because i feel like that's what these movies are known for um they're known for gores and quips uh and uh i think this one has pretty much just one line and it is feast on this motherfucker when she fucking chainsaws the shit out of the abomination. But like this movie makes it rain blood. Yes, it does. Like, and, and it, then the, just the light changes um, to not being like that, you know, dim yellow light of the sodium bulb outside of the cabin. And it just, you know, it's just a red eerie light that everything is then filmed through. It's gorgeous. I love how this movie looks. Fede Alvarez directed this beautifully. Cinematography by Aaron Morton. Like, it just looks great. It looks eerie. It has a lot of just moments that are scary. It's not too jump scare heavy, which I think is great. It is just like it Mm -hmm. builds suspense. And then when you see it, it's there. And like the scene I think of is when she's literally sawing her jaw off in the bathroom. Or when he is just getting the one uh, character I can't remember his name is getting pelted with uh, the nail gun. Oh my god, dude, he is just a a bullet catch. Seriously, and I feel bad for that dude because like, he for, got, for all of the things he went through. <laughs> dude, he gets stabbed in the eye. He gets shot with all those uh, nails, and then he got stabbed in the chest with the piece of mirror. Yep. Before that. Yeah, and then he just unceremoniously just dies. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. He just gets put in a pool. And it's like, all right, well, yeah. goodbye. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, it is just all-out gore 24-7. And the thing is, like we kind of said earlier, it is a retelling. But I think it does enough differently where it doesn't feel like I'm watching the same movie. No, I think it's faithful enough to the premise of the original film. But what I really love about this, I think the pacing in this movie is probably the best of the entire series. I agree. This one, yeah, it's quick, but it is visceral and it uses its runtime in the best way. Um, yes. I I think this I, is this is not my least favorite Evil Dead movie. No, I'm thinking about some of the other ones in there. Probably below this one. I wanted to expand on Fidel Alvarez's um, genius in this movie, too. Because how often does it work that you have a lead character swap two-thirds of the way through the movie? Yeah. I I think it's it's a risk because you're building with Mia the whole time. Yes. And then she gets possessed and she's the one who goes through the horrors in the woods and then becomes the villain. And mm-hmm. then, I, mean, I don't know why I'm explaining this to listeners if you've ever seen this movie, to have her come back and be the hero. Like, it is, it's, it's a risk. And I, and I like it. works so well. And I really like it because it's how a horror film should be. It shouldn't be that we know who's going to survive in the end. Like, she yep. literally dies. She comes back to life. David takes over, and then David fucking dies. I mean, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty bad science way for her to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I, we're also dealing. You can't with bring somebody the... back with a car battery. You haven't tried. I think that is something that the Evil Dead movies do do quite well, though, is the ridiculous science inventions. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a. A whole entire character, the one of the best, like I said, characters of all time, whose arm is a chainsaw now, and it just we yep. just go with it. We're like, yep, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, yeah, he can control it with his stump, uh, as you can. You can rev yep. it up. You can get it moving. It's just how it works. That's how that's how physics works. I mean, yep. I also like with this one too. They redo the her losing her hand. They redo the chainsaw scene, but it isn't just the yes. same old, same old. She rips her own hand off as it's hand buried off. under a fucking jeep that, that wasn't is even metal. the only one where you have you have an amputation in the movie no because you have the other girl who takes a turkey carving knife to her arm and that could have easily been the scene where it's like oh yeah the, that's where the person loses their arm there's your adaptation of uh, i really thought thing. that arm was gonna crawl around <laughs> i'm glad it didn't because that would have been over the top i would have been like really like, yep. we're not, we're doing that too. It, um, it wouldn't have sat well with the theme of that movie. No, because this movie is not comedic at all. I mean, hell, the, no. the reason why they're there is not for a fun vacation. It's because she is on her, a, a drug kick, I guess. And they're trying to make her go She was clean. a junkie. Yeah. Right. Like, that is dark and that is real and that is hard to watch and horrific in a different level. And you, you deal with addiction and it's... It's a, a hard subject to be watching on screen. And I kind of mirror that in a sense of like, I like movies that can do horror in multiple ways. Like I think of like The Descent where it goes to like claustrophobia and tightness and like 
that horror then dives into monster movies or like the Babadook where it's like or, or hereditary where it's like the horrors of grief and loss and like life being changed and then it turns into a different type of movie and this one just being like the horrors of being like having an addiction and trying to overcome that and like just how do you how as a, as a loved one how do you support that and go through be with somebody when they're going through those pains and like then it just turns into an evil dead movie and it doesn't bastardize the addiction and anything along those lines it just feels like it it's valid and it works and it's 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 horrific in a different way i love when a movie can do that and this movie i think does that so well Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a shame that people didn't like it as much as, you know, any of the originals because they were trying to compare it to Sam Raimi's work. Yeah, and that's always going to be the thing. And I think you have people who do love this movie. And I think what's really cool is that now when Evil Dead Rise came out, I'm seeing a lot of support for this movie on Twitter. It got pretty good reviews. It made almost $100 million in the box office. I saw this opening night, um, scared the shit out of myself. And... I loved every second of it in the like horror way, but yeah, it, it's got some low reviews. Um, Google likes though; it's pretty high. It's eighty six percent. I good. think it's starting to get more recognition, and I encourage you, listener, because I feel like this is probably the one that not everybody has seen because of the reasons I've said. Give it a chance; you're going to be scared. Like this one, no, mm-hmm. there's no jokes. There's I don't think there's a minute of fun. You're right. I don't think there is. I don't know. There might be a little bit of like. Uh insulting humor but that's about it you know what though i I will say that is like it's a early 2000 like tens some of those movies back then were a little mean-spirited this one's not mean-spirited no 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 this isn't like uh when we covered leprechaun the uh, leprechaun remake yeah this is terrible yeah it's just terrible and the characters are mean to each other this one everybody's supportive everybody's loving and caring it's just they're in an unfortunate circumstance um, and you can actually get some tension between them too. Like they're still there to help Mia, even though they go on to say, you know how what was it? Her brother's name David. Yeah, is that it? You know, David wasn't there for them. He just called them out of the blue. Um, you know, he hasn't been with them for years. And hey, they came back. You know, like true friends and wanted to help Mia. Yeah, I do want to mention we've said Mia a lot. Jane Levy, great. so good in that she's fantastic and then also shiloh fernandez was david her brother also great the cast is awesome Mm -hmm. we've mentioned the the script co-written by uh roto and i'm gonna say his name it's a portuguese name so i apologize uh probably sayaguez is what i would say but because they're both their first language is not english uh fede and rotos they got it doctored by diablo cody really Talk about having an amazing screenwriter look at your script and go, let me just make that for an American uh, audience. Like, so many... I mean, she's the one from, like, Jennifer's Body, wasn't she, in Juno? Yep, yeah. So an amazing screenwriter. And Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell producing. To have those people assist, it's, it's it's no wonder that this movie is as good as it is. I really, I'm surprised you haven't touched on it. We're talking about how great all of the gore is. It is a hundred percent practical. That, yes, that's a good point. Yeah, Fede has said that there is the CGI is very minimal, and a lot of it was just used for just it was touching more for retouching yep. lighting. Yep, that's literally it. So, all and, the gore you see, yeah. the monster, the the when we said the nail scene, any sort of th- creation mm-hmm. you see on screen is 
real. And I love that the Evil Dead franchise across the board, even this new one, Evil Dead Rise, it is practical effects. We are getting – it it might not look great all the time. Like looking back on those original ones, they don't always look great. This one, I mean, viscerally – I mean the the tagline of this movie was the most terrifying film you will ever experience and fair. It's up there. Yeah. I I do – Oh, I was going to say, so I really find it even a little bit funny because Fede Alvarez, he had a background in graphic uh, graphic design and visual effects. So for him to come into this and not utilize any of those tips or tricks that he knew from that and, and to make it practical instead of relying on the CGI that he was accustomed to as a you know visual effects artist, that's amazing. I just think that truly shows how dedicated like he was to making this as close to the original as possible horror you need that essence of real realism and the reason why this movie is so scary is because when you see the blood it's in a sense legit when you see oh yeah someone getting stabbed shiny and yeah it looks it doesn't look fake no, and it, and it gives you a visceral reaction, which is what you need. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is like the story that Sam wanted to tell with the first outing, but budget and with just effects being available to him, like, wasn't yeah. the tale that they got. And so I'm so glad that well, we got this. he didn't have the studio money in the first one either, so. Yeah, this movie had a budget of $17 million, and a lot of that is probably effects. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll get to the we'll Great get to movie. the. Yeah, I love this one. Um, I don't think it should be the last one. But here's the thing, as we said, it's kind of like, like, I think the worst of the Evil Dead franchise, and we're going to get to it, um, I think is like a B minus, you know, like it's still good. Like Mm -hmm. it, I, in my opinion, you really can't go wrong. If you think this is your least favorite because it is the most scariest or it's the least from the, like the style that you like, like, that's cool. That's on you. I just don't think this is a bad film by any means. And it's rare to see a ranking where none of them are bad. Yeah. Number four with a 71.16%. It is the lowest Metacritic fan in Google liked review. But I do think that that will shift as time goes on. This is 2023's Evil Dead Rise. I, I almost said... That I think that's because it's the one that strays away from the original story the most. But I can't really say that when one of them takes place in medieval times. (laughs) But this is definitely a very different type of Evil Dead movie. But I love the direction we're going. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of still in a bit of a spin from it. It's, It's really good. It changes the pacing of what all of these other movies have had it it changes the setting focusing on a family you know pitted against each other rather than like that traditional group of like young friends coming together in the middle of the woods it was it was really fun i i like that we got a new location new main characters Mm -hmm. a new type of character uh a new creature everything just felt fresh but it also had the same backbone. You're still getting the Necronomicon. You're still getting possession. Yep. You're still getting that amazing shot that we always get where the you're, you're the camera's perspective rushing into where you're going. You still got visceral gore. You got mm-hmm. this. 
these amazing deadites. And uh, I mean, talking about go- good gore from the last one, we get a fucking wood chipper. And if that's oh not anything God. that we've waited for, I mean, what 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 are we doing? It rains blood again. It rains blood again, and that's what we need. Uh, yep. I yeah, I I saw this in the theater with Stephen. Stephen. Stephen is that his mm-hmm. name? I'm not really sure his name. I think it's Stephen. And we left being like, "Fuck, that was awesome." Yeah, no, it's really good. It might be a little bit more predictable than the last one, but it is so good. Yeah, I think this one. The one thing I will say, it shows its hand sometimes. You know, like with being like you're in the parking garage, and oh yeah, here's this wood chipper that you just saw, and oh yeah, here's this chainsaw in a parking garage in a city. It's Chekhov's chainsaw and Chekhov's wood chipper, and that's okay. Um, Because the thing is, is you're like, all right, I know what I'm getting, like I know what's Mm -hmm. coming to me, and I love the homage to it feels like the shining and a couple things with the elevator dude when they fall out of a blood-filled elevator oh yeah like i feel like that's what evil dad's been needing oh and i I actually really liked it you remember how she got caught up in the cables yeah in the elevator shaft that was so similar to like how the roots would wrap around them in the forest in the original ones yeah, so it just shows you that that's the tactic regardless. It's yep. it, There's a different type of possession, and that's how they do it. And I like that they had a new, I mean, a visceral way to look at it. I've used that phrase quite a bit, but like seeing her in the elevator. Um, and I just want to say, Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie, or she goes by Elle throughout the movie, as the mother, fucking amazing. And what I love is that she, her on Twitter, it's either Lily Sullivan who plays Beth, They've consistently talked about how welcoming and loving the horror community has been to them. They said they've been in other roles and they've obviously been in other fandoms and things. And sometimes they get toxic, sometimes they get gross. But like horror has been so welcoming to them. And that's why I love this this fandom. I love horror movies. I love spooky seasons because I feel like there's just this camaraderie around it and like this niceness. And like I don't think you get that in other genres. Like horror has this group of people who are so uh welcoming and loving there's like all these great horror conventions i feel like same way with like they're devoted to it right yeah and there's and they're all fans of everybody else's work yeah and it's just like uh it feels almost just like oh there's they're always thankful and there's a constant just like hey you're one of ours now and like no matter what else you do from them having to really work hard to get the studios to even get on board with their ideas because studios do not green light horror films easily it takes a lot of work to get the studios to want to make horror films and make them at the budget that the directors producers want to make them for and then that's why there's so many b horror movies because they couldn't get the budget and but the, the great thing is that even when there are b horror movies you still see fans like being like you know what you tried you worked really hard, yep. and they they really respect it. And that's why I love that they've been so kind to listen and Lily. And both of them did an amazing job. They play both their roles perfectly. Oh, yeah. And Beth is a badass. Ellie is horrifying. And I also want to say Lee Cronin, like, phew, sign me up for whatever else you do. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And I, I really did believe, like, they were sisters, too. That tension that they share, but also the love they have for one another. There was a lot of depth to the relationship. Yeah, it, it felt like uh, distant sisters have gone different paths and kind of have to, no matter what, support each other, whether for better or worse. Um, They're still family. Exactly. And I think that's that's such a, a, a really... That's a complex thing to really it get is. right. And it's poignant. Um, again, different horrors. I mean, this is the this is different horrors for a woman who doesn't feel like she's ready to be a mother at this point, and this the fear of what happens to her life and where she's going to go. And I then that changes into obviously, like I said, a typical Evil Dead film in a sense. But mm-hmm. that story's there, and I think it's really cool to be able to tell a poignant in-depth story like that um in a horror movie that's why i love horror movies and yeah they both played a kind of reluctant sisters in a great way um and uh the uh, the kid actors are fantastic uh the first yeah. time we've seen deadite children and uh man <laughs> they, it's kind of creepy to see that <laughs> it is and they do not hold back and i for many times was concerned that they were gonna take over the littlest girl and <laughs> uh it was but i like that there's that fear you have no idea who's safe no you don't um, like when the tattoo needle is coming near her eye oh it's my. just like so cringy the scenes in the hallway where you're not seeing the gore but you're mm-hmm. kind of hearing the effects let me I mean, tell you, had you the hallway rampage the use of the fisheye for oh. the doorway and like the little peephole mm-hmm. is so fucking awesome Yes. He also uses split diopter shots in this film. We're playing with depth. We're playing with foreground background. Like I I think Lee was just having the time of his life and mm-hmm. we were getting some fun shit. Like all the promos of her peeking through the window and being like, Mommy's here, wants to give you a big old kiss. Nothing like awesome. It looks great. The scene in the bathtub, it's produced so well the quote i mean my the best quote of the movie is mommy's with the maggots now like all oh, over God, the place no. and i i will say we're going for best gore because again this movie does not shy away when you have gore it puts you right in the action man she's graders have been scary forever and watching <laughs> someone shred a leg with it is pretty fucked up that's one of the ones that just gets you to cringe so hard yeah like, and not like cringing like it oh it's awkward you. like that is yeah your body recoils mm-hmm. yes uh, there's one more uh there's the wine bo- the, like the wine glass that she's just chewing oh yeah yeah that was one that i guess i didn't forget <laughs> <laughs> there's just but the thing is there's just so much of it that's awesome in a gore way like again if you're a gore fan splatter fan like they just they know what you're looking for and they and it's just funny that we've all thought about it been like oh yeah okay well there's a wood chipper we're far going this got it okay cool yeah yeah uh so where, where do you feel like this one falls for you do you think this one is a little bit higher unless it's a kind of place where you think it would be what are your thoughts <sighs> so i like this one more than the evil dead from 2013 not for the gore or for the character building necessarily, but I love the depth that you get from the human element in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I think I do put it ahead of the 2013. I probably put these both ahead of 
Don't say Army it. Of don't darkness. S- I was gonna say don't save it in a sense because I I love all of these movies. Yeah, I think they're all really good, and I would watch all of them again. Um, there's one I would watch less than the others, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, um, I do want to just briefly say before we move on the opening sequence to this with the words coming out of the water and the scalping and decapitating um and the callback at the end like we mentioned jessica yeah the character um who like we kind of, i forgot about her until it ends that way and you see that the, yep. the, the, the evil is moving and going somewhere else and going back to that typical cabin in the woods and it just kind of takes her over in the yeah. parking garage yeah, it just shows that uh, we're going to be getting different types of stories. Uh, I, they've mentioned that there are multiple Necronomicons, and this is just one of them. This might not be the one Ash used. There might be different ones. And well, so there I, were the three Nepro- Necronomicons. Right, as I'm saying. That so, was shown, so yeah. And that's what's cool is that we're starting to explore that this is a different one, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just love that we're starting to branch out. And uh, speaking of branching out, you can't really talk about branching out without going to our number three film. It's overall average, 77%, and it is the highest Google-liked reviewed film. This is one you just mentioned. It is mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. I know why that is. <laughs> yeah, this to me is my it's least divisive. favorite. It's divisive. If you want the movie that is just all slapstick... Or if you want the movie full of one-liners, you know, hail to the king, baby. Like, this is it. Yeah, and that's okay. I get why people like it. It's you're, basi- you're basically watching middle medieval Three Stooges, Ash, and you're getting, like, a Jason and the Argonaut-style film. Like, the way it looks and it's produced and the, and the stop the motion and the claymation. And, yeah, like, it's – you feel Sam Raimi's goofy side coming out. I just, yep. to me – it's too much comedy in my horror. For, like, I'd rather watch Evil Dead 2. This is my least favorite, but again, it's like a B minus. It's still fun. I'll still put it on. I'm not going to be upset when I hear "Give me some sugar, baby." And the oh God, shop so... smart, shop s smart. Like you, you're getting the cringe, goofy lines that a like a comedy's going to give you. It yep. feels like a really cheesy '50s '60s, just medieval movie. Like and it's they're so campy. Yeah, and that's okay. You gotta just know your. And buying it wears it with a badge of honor. It just embraces it as much as it can. I feel. Yeah, it truly does not shy away. I I do love the end of it. Yeah, which it almost had a different ending, which is hilarious. It is. <laughs> yeah, but so, the ending is just so like, I don't know. I kind of just you know want to puff up my chest and get up there and join him. Yeah, I mean, it is like the, I mean, the movie poster shows it too, where it is the pose. It is the Ash Williams is this badass. He's done it. His shirt's open. Oh, he's cool. Um, which is funny he's because. He's got the girl. <laughs> yeah, he's got the rifle, his Winchester rifle. Um, yep. And um, the original ending was um, he has to s- swallow a certain amount of drops of potion to return to the present. He miscalculates the amount. He drinks uh, too many and uh, ends up in a post-apocalyptic world where human civilization was destroyed um, <laughs> and uh, messed up. And everybody said it was way too negative and they didn't like it. And it's like, yeah, after a while you need to have the happy ending. And I think it's so goofy I that mean, they were like, fuck. For that movie to go that dark at the end, 
is hilarious because it doesn't fit the theme of that movie at all. No, because Evil Dead 2 has a bit of a dark ending if you don't think this is coming, where he goes back in time and is stuck. Like, that's pretty dark. Um, This, to have this, like, heroically, like, almost Lord of the Rings style, like, hurrah, we've done it, we've saved the kingdom. And then to be like, just kidding, he's fucked, would just be such a ending. Um, But the thing is, I mentioned gore being, like, the staple of this this one doesn't really have it it has like he shoots someone with a shotgun instead of blowing up into blood they do backflips yeah i mean there's the whole thing with him taking out his evil twin and that's kind of weird in its own way so he doesn't there's not a whole lot to it yeah the catapult with the gunpowder and all of that this one is definitely more one-liners it's him messing up the uh, necronomicon phrase where he tries to mumble and cough his way through Klaatu Barada Niktu. Um, I'm I'm here for blood and gore. I still love mm-hmm. this movie. Don't I, yeah, like don't get me wrong. I remember when I first fun. watched this. It's, it's fun. It's really fun to go back yeah. and watch. It reminds and me of see, the prequels of Star Wars. Like, you know, maybe Phantom of Menace, Phantom Menace sucks, but uh, I'm still going to love when Darth Maul comes out and they fight. Like, Oh my god, Darth Maul is amazing. I love him. Why is he not in this movie? He should be in every movie. That's it. Yeah. Titanic with Darth Maul sinking <laughs> the Titanic. There you go. I'll watch that <laughs> That's movie. That's how it really happened. He actually, he killed Kennedy. Did you know that? Yeah. He was on the grassy knoll. Darth Maul. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. concerned. concern. Uh, that's concerning that we know this. Um, <laughs> I mentioned Jason the Argonauts, the fighting skeletons, the marching, the CG. It does just feel like it's also a love letter to that kind of movie. And I think Sam Raimi obviously had gotten you know inspiration for those what i love is that this is the f- movie that spawned the franchises you get army of darkness ashes to ashes shop till you drop dead army of darkness versus reanimator army of darkness uh ash versus the classic monsters freddy versus jason versus ash freddy versus jason versus ash the nightmare warriors army of darkness and xena the warrior princess it's called why not um it's like this is where they just said, you know what? We're weird and we're going to just own it. And that is literally what this um, just builds off of. It just builds off the fact that it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I mean, there's so many ridiculous things in this movie. Yeah. What do you think is the most over the top ridiculous part? Because I have one in mind. Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe the uh, miniature people toy sized people yeah that entire uh, the sequence whole fight with, sequence with miniature with the little tiny miniature people yeah that to me is by far and away the like okay we're doing that. I mean, he's like feet my foot fit it doesn't even quite fit like it just kind of happens for the reason of happening like hey i want to do this so we're just gonna find a place to stick it in the movie yeah, it, it is the most slapsticky of the scenes where he like gets his his like foot stabbed with a nail and he falls over yep. and the guy falls into him and he drinks the hot water and fights like it's just there to get you to the point where he has a twin. Wait, you feel like that was the most slapstick part because I feel the Necronomicon that sucked him in and he pulled himself out when he oh when his with face his face got oblonged. And they spent a whole 25, 30 seconds of him just, you know, shaking his head, you know, cartoonishly to reshape his face. Yeah, I I would be interested to hear other people's feelings on this. 
Um, I feel like people probably are like pissed off that we are like bringing up all the negatives here. Um, there are some cool moments. I mean, like we do keep going back saying how much we like this movie because we yeah. think it's fun. The choreography, the fight sequences that Campbell learned, like it's cool. It took a long time. It was hard. Uh, he got injured. Um, he had to go to a plastic surgeon to uh, get it fixed. Um, and the, there's a funny note that he was wearing all of his makeup. So the plastic surgeon uh, asked Bruce, which cut is it? Um, so, cause he didn't know which one it was. Um, it, they're, they're the, the goof fun moments where he's fighting the dead eye in the beginning. Um, I do like the battle of evil Ash at the end. How about yeah. that steam powered tank? <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, like, again, you, you, <laughs> when you get a steam powered tank on top of uh, Sam times. Raimi's car, that is in every single one of his movies, like mm-hmm. the, the Oldsmobile Delta 88, um, oh my God. from 1973. I love that it's in every one of these movies. Um, that is a Detroit, Michigan style man. If I've ever seen one, I was like, I gotta have my car in each one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. But yeah, so what's? It, oh, I was no. gonna say, what's your favorite line from this movie? Because there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's tied between "Hail to the King, Baby" being the most like, again, du- uh, Duke Nukem style line. But you gotta love. This is my boomstick. I do love that one. I think my favorite's actually another one where it's good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah, and Bruce Campbell's amazing delivery. This we haven't got a chance to really talk about Bruce Campbell. I no. an icon. By far and away, a horror icon. Uh if you buy his ego and his goofy nature, like and you you love how cocky he is both in the movies and sometimes in real life. You got his love that he has this edge in mm-hmm. the funniest way. And he, for all we're saying, commits to the bit. He is kicking his own ass. He's doing Pratt Falls. His physical comedy and his physical acting chops are top notch. He is great in this role. And I don't think this movie works if he's not literally the hero and the villain. If it's anybody else, I am very skeptical. He just buys in and plays the parts perfectly it is exactly what it needed to be and again i just don't think this works if he is not playing ash to the campiest amount he has to be no no absolutely not and he kind of reminds me of like jim carrey in a lot of ways yeah predating it yeah, it really is like this is like right around the time where Jim is finally getting into movies. So yeah, maybe that yep. is he he's an old school style actor. It's it's Charlie Chaplin ask it's Three Stooges ask. It is using physicality for the sake of physicality and mm-hmm. giving 110% to it. And I I I really I really look at it and I admire it. Um this again, it's the high school liked. It's pretty close to everything else fans love this one critics don't really like it's close to being the bottom of critics and so i guess it might just be that i mean what a lot of people say is like it just went a little too over the top in regards to the county that it was doing it uh it, a lot of people said it fell into like a parody aspect and uh mm-hmm. I, I think a I, lot of people expected it to keep that darkness that it had had and i mean it is it army of darkness of Wait, but what darkness? <laughs> the their fight at night. Oh, okay. 
There we go. You know what I like and think is funny? On the poster, it mm-hmm. doesn't say Evil Dead Evil Dead 2. It says from the director of Darkman. Was Darkman that big that that was the drawing point? This is the third movie in a franchise. And what you're telling me is that the on top of the poster, they're talking about Darkman? I guess that would be like putting out Terminator, you know, 2 and saying from the director of The Abyss. When writing this, though, they wanted to get him out of the cabin. They said it's time to move on, and uh, they wanted to inject more comedy, and I think they they checked all the boxes. Yep. So, yeah, anything else you want to say, or are we going to move on? I, I think we can move on. All right, number two, um, with a 79.83% is the evil dead the original movie surprisingly this rating since my last episode uh three years ago has dropped so i wonder Hmm. why i love this movie i think uh it's scary uh it plays up on that just classic b movie style gore that you expect with like the kool-aid looking blood and uh, the visceral horror that you're getting and it kickstarts like you, like you said a genre um, and a director and an actor Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi's first movies uh, full-length movies and I just love this movie because you can feel the heart that's behind it you it just feels like a, a very original thing and I love that no, no. it is it is a seminal work I mean, we can say that, you know, it laid the groundwork for, you know, an entire subgenre of horror movies. So I, yeah. I love that there was, you know, it was made with that low budget, but Ramy Ramy was like, hey, we need to do something new here. So, you know, he put a camera on a piece of wood and had his camera guy run around the woods with it to create shaky cam. Yeah, and like rode a boat and had the camera on the front. Like they just did these little things where I, it's the stories you hear of like people in college when they're making a movie to just like get the camera to work and the film to work. It's just that fun little like feeling of making a movie to make a movie. They made it for under four hundred thousand uh, dollars, and that probably has some marketing budget in there. You can just see where he's gonna go. You have so many Dutch angles. You're getting some, like you said, they couldn't even afford a camera dolly. So they built mm-hmm. rigs. You're getting shaky cam getting basically created uh, from that. And um, you just get this gritty realism. And I said this in the Evil Dead episode with Liz where it's like, it looks like you found this somewhere and you're watching like a true story. Kind of like what Texas Chainsaw Massacre did and like Night of the Living Dead did. It's like, this doesn't feel like I'm watching a movie. It feels like I'm watching something different. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. So, I, This movie. A good take. Pre- thank you. Premiered at the Redford Theater in Michigan because uh, that's where uh, Bruce Campbell watched his movies as a kid. Wow, I'm actually now looking up if the Redford Theater is still open. I hope it is, and I hope they show this movie every single year. It is. And, uh, wow, this Friday they are showing uh, a masterpiece, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That is a classic movie. 
we're gonna get, we're gonna do a whole John Hughes episode eventually one day. Um, this movie uh, got an X rating. Really? Yeah, I want you to think about that. The gore for the time was so outlandish that it got an X rating, and that's where the video nasties um, come to play. That's where I was going to go for. Was that just because, did video nasty in sense mean an X rating? Yeah, technically for uh, in England, that's like obscenity uh, focuses, so it's gore, graphic violence, substantial is what they say. Um, And uh, it ended up getting no rating in a lot of places so an underrated actual movie because then they, okay. they show quite a bit even though again when you watch it now it's tame but you're looking at 1980s standards that's a very different type of movie is this the one that you you because this is this is a with the rest this of is movies, a seminal work to me yeah i i love this movie it is what created it i i cannot give this movie enough credit but going back and watching this movie it, it's the least rewatchable for me. I agree. Why do you it, say that? It doesn't feel good to agree with that, I'm sure. <laughs> no, because I do love this movie, but I think we get a hypothetically different and slightly, like, you better yeah. take I don't know. five so, years later. For me, I mean, it, it really, I think that the film's uneven pacing it just kind of oscillates between like a frenetic action and moments of, you know, tense, you know, slow building dread. So doing that on that low budget and, you know, it, and there's not a lot of dialogue in a lot of places. So it, it's very slow in some cases and things just kind of come out of nowhere and it doesn't feel put together quite right. Sometimes I, I can see that. I mean, again, you're dealing with uh, first-time filmmakers, first-time screenwriters, first-time actors. With a $375,000 budget. Right. And you're making a horror movie. Like, you're going to get the problem that everybody gets where it just sometimes hits a, huh, how do we get to the end? And we're just taking yeah. characters. We're tossing them here. We're doing that. They're... But what I love is that there is a genuine feeling to it. It feels real in a sense for that right and why i i i I see your point but like in real life i don't think movie or like it it goes like fast pace fast pace fast pace fast pace fast pace fast pace that a hundred times i guess i failed six of them but like (laughs) you're gonna get moments of lulls and they and it doesn't build on the suspense and that's kind of where i see the issues you have to have those in times yeah and it but it doesn't know what to do with it's like dragging its feet going how do we get to yeah. the next scene? How do we get back into it yeah. from this? Like, we slowed it down. Now, how do we get back into, you know, how do we get back into our original pace? Yeah. And, I st- again, I still think this is an amazing movie. It is, yeah, the rewatchability of it is just, like, I want to watch the big scenes. Mm-hmm. It feels like I want to go, okay, let me get to the next big one. Oh, let me get but to I, the next I, scene. I feel that's almost also the most or the least rewatchable for me though because of what's gonna follow up what's gonna follow this do we want to just get to that right now is that where we're going we can your number one obviously as you haven't decided i figured out already i don't know how you couldn't um the highest imdb rotten tomato critic rotten tomato fan metacritic critic metacritic fan 83.16 percent it's evil dead 2 talking about creating a genre of its own this movie 
I feel like took comedy horror movies because they had existed in the past. We had things like Abbott and Costello meet the blah, blah, blah. You have multiple of those. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 comes up for us. A little bit more comedic. Gremlins is already coming out. Uh, Ghostbusters. But this one really leans into the horror. We are getting a slasher. We are getting a splatter movie. We're getting some genuine slapstick comedy that is some of the best slapstick you're ever going to see. And this is where Ash Williams really kind of becomes Ash Williams. He's the heart and soul of this. You know, he transforms from that mild mannered like every man into the chainsaw wielding uh, one liner spewing hero that we just love to watch. Yeah, this movie is it. Uh, I will say going back to Evil Dead. Um, the first one, I don't know if there's a line that really stands out to me, but the, my favorite scene in the movie, gore-wise, is the end when everything just starts decaying in front of him. The best. This mm-hmm. movie takes that, and we get a bigger scene where we're watching blood squirt all over when the uh, Joe gets eaten. I, th- I think his name's Joe. Is it Jake? It's something to J name. Yeah, Jake. You're talking it's overalls Bo- guy. Yeah, Bobby, Joe, and Jake. Uh, yeah. Uh, hilariously enough i think bobby joe is like based on um uh holly hunter who he lived with uh with francis mcdormand kathy bates and the coen brothers they all lived in a a house which is nuts with sam raimi um but yeah like so their characters but yeah jake being like completely eaten by henrietta in the cellar is it takes that gore from the first one and it says here you go and then like you're watching Mm -hmm. ash get sprayed with goo from the wall he cuts off his hand we're getting the but the thing is when you see those scenes you're not watching it you're watching the shadows you're watching the light bulb get splattered with blood like you mentioned evil dead 2013 we're 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 seeing gore be kind of like thought of it's kind of you know out of sight but out of mind but your your imagination is leading you to be uh like picturing what's happening and i think that is so genius also because they didn't want to get obscenity charges didn't work uh, but like still that's such a cool way to get around that yep i also really think that the cinematography peter deming he is so worth noting here. it rocks and this man. was and this is one of his first films i don't know was it his first no it was his second his first was a movie i've never heard of called hollywood shuffle but you know, he was so inventive with the camera work on this, you know, using that shaky cam again, but adding, you know, distorting in the chaotic like atmosphere events from like the use of Dutch angles and extreme close ups and tracking shots to intensify that dread. But also like emphasizing that physical comedy and the absurdity in the situations. It worked so well. And if you go to look, have you looked at his works after? Yeah. Because they are amazing. I mean, he went with, like, My Cousin Vinny. He then did, like, the Austin Power movies. But Mystery Alaska or, you know, even more recently, The Menu. I mean, he what, he got an award potentially for Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah, I, probably. Yeah, he nominated for awards. Like, yeah, he's a great... Yeah, New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Cinematographer, Chicago Films Critic Association for, yeah yeah and then hilariously he does things like capone (laughs) the new mutants and uh Mm -hmm. a lot of other really poor movies 
I mean, the love guru. <laughs> yeah, but you, I just, I love that this dude is, you can see. He does what he wants to do and what he likes to do. Exactly. And him and Sam line up perfectly. The comedic elements come in. You're getting Bruce going over. Everybody bought in and everybody's giving it their all. And you're getting these really earnest takes uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera, in the script. All the other actors, it just all works and I think this movie is a one in a million movie. It is so good. It's so fun. Um, and it's one that I will constantly watch. I will, if this movie comes on, I'm not putting, I'm not putting those. I'm putting the remote down or I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to watch it and I'm just going to enjoy. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there's a reason it's number one on this list and that's it. I used to say that the evil dead, I liked it. I, I mean, I like it slightly better than Evil Dead 2. I I think that was just me trying to be like, oh, I'm unique. Like, Evil Dead 2 fucking rules. Uh, the whole franchise fucking rules. And this one, I just love how, I mean, I said it before. I love how earnest this is. It really feels like the most unique take everybody could give. And we got it all, and we go, all right, let's wrap it up, boys and girls. Like, this is all we need. And it's awesome. It's just so fun. It's quippy. It's quirky. It's gory. Um, It doesn't shy away from the horrors of the first one. It builds off of it perfectly. It feels like a real story that makes sense. It would be the continuation where, like, the people get to their actual cabin. Because there's the line that he says where it's like, Hey, the people aren't going to come home here, so it's not even the cabin like they rented it. So clearly, that person yep. would think that he was there and murdered their family. And it then it doesn't stay on that too long. It dives into the Necronomicon. It dives into Henrietta in the cellar, and I love that it uses mm-hmm. the voice recording to narrate the movie. Where it's like, I had to bury her in the cellar, and then it boom right there. Like it just and then her hand pops up. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, and it it just. It feels like a natural telling. You're watching him slowly descend into madness, which is what would happen when you just watch all of your friends. And in this one, again, they only had him and his girlfriend. He had to kill his girlfriend and bury her because she was a zombie. Like, you're going to slip into madness. You're by yourself in the middle of the woods. That's going to mess you up. (laughs) Right. And he becomes this hero reluctantly. And you get the iconic lines. You get the iconic imagery. You get the hand. We haven't even talked about the hand going crazy. Oh, God, the hand. I thought the hand was gone originally, and then, hey, there it is at the end, uh, stabbing someone in the back. Again, Chekhov's hand. But it just feels great. And then it ends with that really crazy twist, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And well, you... when it ends, you're just like, what the fuck just happened? You're, like, yeah. sitting there in a daze <laughs> yeah, I the think... first time you watched it. Yeah. I, I genuinely love this movie. I mean... I'd be remiss if I didn't just say the best line from this movie is Groovy. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, it's iconic. I think Groovy the, is iconic. I just think that's like an every movie thing. Yeah. But that's like, this is where like, but it is this one. This is the, the chainsaw. Like the, like the music swell. Hand. He clicks it on his hand. He saws yeah. off the shotgun, flips it into his little uh, holster behind him. Like, it is the best gear up scene, maybe in movie history. I would compare that or Commando when Arnold's getting like geared up. Like, 
Ooh, I love a good yep. gear up scene. I think this is one it of the is best. A good gear up scene. Um, the chainsaw was practical. They had it so yep. it would run on his hand. They used cigar smoke and tobacco smoke to produce the smoke, but they yep. made it so the chainsaw had a 12 volt electric motor. They could have just had a, like a weird looking chainsaw or it wouldn't work. No, they made it work and they made yep. it sit there on his stumpy hand. It's awesome. But I also want to say my other favorite line it's a really generic one as well. But when he starts screaming, who's laughing now and chainsaws his own hand and is screaming oh, yeah. into the camera and the blood's going and the chainsaw's revving. And he's just laughing. He just, ah! Awesome. Yeah. Yep. And then the feast on this line is good too. Yeah. Feast on this is great. Dude, I, I, I want to bring this up too. We brought up the Pratt falling. We brought up the slapsticky nature. The scene in the kitchen. He's mm, smashing plates over his head. Oh, he's flipping yeah. his body over. He is, and the greatest part is he's like that was so Three Stooges. The the one part I love, yeah. His he's knocked out. His eyes are closed, and his hand is still acting. It feels like a different entity, and it's supposed yep. to. Top tier. Let's give Bruce an Oscar right now. Can we give him an award? <laughs> um, sure. Is Best the slapstick of the past century, or deal. not century? Because that's a long time. Yeah, and then also we we be dipping in Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that's where I was like, oh, we can't do that. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is I think it it is a wonderful homage. I think he does it really well, and I I I can't stress enough how that makes this movie great. The gore, he the does effects, it with the best of them. Yeah, the effects were done by icons: Greg Nicotero, Robert Kurtzman, Tom Sullivan, Mark Showstrom, like icons of effects. And it I, mean, I think this is the movie that got them in the door they are. to be able to do it for everything else. Yeah, you know. Everybody well, uh, else I would. I will horror. say, Nicotero and Kurtzman had done uh, the uh, uh, Romero films. They did Day of the Dead together with Savini, oh, so they had worked okay. with Savini in the past. But this was, again, this is just them working at another level. Um, yeah, like the Henrietta um, monster when it turns in that giant neck, like great. Yep. Yeah, I love that too about these movies is uh, they really were not afraid to use stop motion. No, <laughs> the dancing sequence in the graveyard. Yep. I mean, that's peak yep. stop motion. And then uh, I want to say Dead-Eyed Ash, still handsome as hell. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't think they went as deep on him as they did on everybody else. Dude, that jawline could still cut glass. You're like, fuck, man. Like, I can't even look that good regularly, and you're looking like a hunk, and you're a zombie. Like, I can't. Like, how do we win? How do you win? Mm, you don't. You don't when find yourself Bruce in the same Campbell. room with Bruce Campbell. Seriously, still, I mean, hung to this day. Yep. But uh, I think we've covered everything. Do you have anything else you want to say, my friend? Uh, we've we've definitely covered it great these, well these movies are good thanks for letting me rewatch all of these it was a pleasure i'm i'm glad you were able to do this i've always wanted to cover the evil dead in an expansive way like i said we covered it in the first episode of spooky season and i'm honored that we finally got to expand on it and talk more about the franchise i'm glad we got you on another franchise we were going to be doing a different episode uh, in august or july we were going to be doing mission impossible but it didn't make sense to do it when the next one comes out next. Dead Reckoning Part 1 and not have Part 2. Yeah, like it was just like, you know what, we'll just wait. Like that's going to yep. be the end. So we're going to do that next year, uh, probably late in the summer, unless it gets kicked because we know with the strike going on, we have no idea when we're going to get released. 
and yeah. studios are well, they were crazy. already in production oh but the actors are on strike too. yeah but it also yeah. i mean like we as studios are kicking movies back and forth now so who knows yeah uh we are gonna try yeah, to do tom cruise will do something yeah that guy's insane in the best way um <laughs> but yeah so you know what i would love to see tom cruise do a horror movie he did the mummy and I, that's horrific in a different light but like, i want like a horror oh, that, movie. that movie was just they they didn't do that one well and it's not tom cruise's fault there no, but I don't think he's innocent either. Uh, no, he does absolutely try to throw his weight around on things. He wanted those big stunts, and they had to tie those in. And... Which I get that they're trying to do separate from Tom like, Cruise the other if he didn't mummy come out of a plane without a parachute and scream like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, who? What movie do? I, what Tom Cruise movie is not going to have him doing crazy stunts? Like he has to do that now. He's not doing the. <laughs> cheesy schlocky comedies or rom-coms he's doing something jerry mcguire too he'd somehow find a way to skydive <laughs> like you know he was he's gonna he's gonna represent uh extreme sports uh yeah he's doing x athletes games. x games isn't yep. a thing anymore it's kind of or i don't yeah i don't think it's a thing oh you're right no i i think it went away but you got all the red bull uh the red bull sport things now that is cool all right listeners like what the fuck this devolved pretty quick it did. This is what happens when me and Mike get together. We just tangentially talk about random shit. But, Mike, I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be for you. Spooky season is going to keep on going. We got some great episodes lined up. Listener, you know if Ash were to have a VHS or a tape, he would not do either of these. But for you, if you could please be kind and please rewind. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by dj williams recordings done on clean feed podcast distributed by anchor original logo created by friend of the pod david current logo created by friend of the pod liz purring by storm